You're listening to Trademarks Made Easy. Trademarks Made Easy is the podcast focused on helping brand owners in the e-commerce space. With your host, Susie Hickson, the private label lawyer. But don't worry, you won't find too much legalese here. Well, hey there. Welcome back to the Trademarks Made Easy for Private Label and E-Commerce Sellers podcast. I'm your host, Susie Hickson, also known as the Private Label Lawyer. As a trademark lawyer with specific experience in the private label world, my goal is to help you navigate the e-commerce space by properly selecting and protecting and just as important, enforcing your trademarks. Now, in this episode, I'm going to fill you in on the dangers of the USPTO's supplemental register, especially if you sell on Amazon. So, you ready? Here we go. The USPTO's Federal Trademark Register is actually made up of two separate registers, and they are not created equal. The principal register is just that. It's the principal or the primary list of trademarks with the fullest federal protection. The supplemental register, on the other hand, is sort of your second string. It's reserved for trademarks that couldn't quite make the cut for the principal register. So let's just call them our bench warmers. So what exactly is the difference here? Now, the principal register is what all trademark owners are after. Once listed as the owner of a trademark on the principal register, you are legally presumed to be the exclusive owner of that trademark within the United States. Now, this also gives you full rights to the trademark in a court of law should you need to pursue an infringer. You get to use that fancy trademark registration symbol, that little R in the circle, and you can apply for incontestability after five years of use. Trademarks that are unique and distinctive and not merely descriptive of the goods are typically eligible for registration on the principal register. So currently, only trademarks on the principal register are eligible for Amazon's brand registry enrollment program. So if you think simply moving an applied for trademark to the supplemental register because you've been issued a descriptiveness refusal, please beware. So let's talk about the supplemental register. The supplemental register, while generally seen as less powerful than its counterpart, still offers some protections. Trademark owners on the supplemental register can also use that fancy R in the circle or that registration symbol. And the trademark may be used as a basis for refusal for subsequently filed confusingly similar trademark applications at the USPTO. However, a trademark on the supplemental register can never achieve incontestability. Please keep in mind that trademarks on the supplemental register are not currently eligible for Amazon's brand registry program. 
The bright side? Well, descriptive marks can actually acquire distinctiveness after five years of use in commerce. So some marks may wait out this sentence with a thin layer of protection on the supplemental register. So in short, they can just hang out on the bench while the distinctiveness hopefully improves over five years of use in commerce. So how can you avoid being bumped to the supplemental register altogether? Well, first of all, choose a strong trademark at the outset. While it's better to choose a strong trademark at the outset, if you do end up with an arguably descriptive mark, instead of just moving it to the supplemental register, you might want to consider trying to prepare robust arguments to overcome the descriptiveness refusal. Convincing the examining attorney that your trademark should be considered for the principal register is certainly within the realm of possibility, but keep in mind that formulating extensive legal arguments does not necessarily mean a slam dunk. So, a few key takeaways. Remember, try to choose a really strong trademark at the outset, one that's not descriptive. Number two, beware of simply amending a trademark application to the supplemental register if you do get a descriptiveness refusal. There may be unintended consequences. And number three, even if your trademark does end up on the supplemental register, don't forget that you're building a brand, not an Amazon business. And finally, keep in mind, second string is better than not even being on the playing field. That's all for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in to this short podcast. I hope you loved it, and I hope you found it of value. Thanks for listening to Trademarks Made Easy with Susie Hickson, the private label lawyer. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe anywhere you find podcasts or at theprivatelabellawyer.com. Remember, the information provided in the Trademarks Made Easy podcast should not be construed as legal advice. It's for informational and entertainment purposes only. It should not be considered a substitute for legal advice. Also, I'm not your attorney. You should engage with an attorney to discuss your specific legal issues. And finally, while I have taken precautions to ensure that the content of my podcast is current and accurate, Errors can occur, and thankfully, like us, the laws are ever-evolving. Now, don't miss next week. If you sell products online and you're thinking about selling internationally outside of the U.S., you'll need to start considering whether you want to file for trademark protection in foreign jurisdictions. I'll give you some tips on how to streamline that process and make it more cost-effective so you don't want to miss it. So I'll see you in the next episode. And remember, never stop learning.